today on City Cash Chicago. Well, we talk about the GOAT in Chicago. For most folks, that's Mike. So when Steppenwolf Theater announced a new play about a basketball legend, I was surprised to learn it was about the baby GOAT, LeBron James. But after seeing the play King James, the story is less about Bron or Jordan and much more about friendship and the bonds we form through sports. Actor Chris Perfetti, one of the stars of ABC's hit show Abbott Elementary, co-leads King James. He tells us about the process of finally getting it to the stage and why Chicago is a theater actor's dream. It's Wednesday, March 30th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Before we even get into the interview, let me get let me get it off. I'm a big fan, Chris. The first time I saw you uh, was in the night of, and you were in a, a bathroom with John Turturro, uh, and you were playing a lawyer in that fantastic HBO miniseries starring Riz Ahmed. Wait till you see the crime scene photos. Ah, come on. What do you got? Everything. I don't know why Helen's not under the next murder. This one's done. Of course, I fell in love with Jacob on Abbott Elementary and every other single person on that phenomenal cast. Jacob and Barbara, the ultimate dream team. <laughs> but last week, my brother and I, uh, who are huge sports fans, basketball is something that has, has bonded me and my brother for most of our life. We traveled down to Steppenwolf Theater to see the new play King James uh, starring you. Your ensemble mate, Glenn Davis, is written by Rajiv Joseph. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jacoby. Thanks, man. That means a lot. No, it means a lot that you're making time for us. Can you tell the the listeners a little bit about King James? The the play, not the phenomenal basketball player in, in year <laughs> oh, 19. Oh, man, you got me. I was so close. <laughs> I like, almost got to talk about LeBron. Um, King James, the play for me is kind of this intimate exploration of what uh, guys are really talking about when they're talking about sports. And it's it's sort of this like epic tale of friendship and the evolution of it and and the space that sports and athletes occupy in our emotional lives. And um, basketball is kind of this vehicle to talk about kind of like the deeper things that are going on in in yeah. the human condition and just in the state of the world right now. When we meet Matt and Sean, it's um, 2003. LeBron James is in his rookie year. Uh, Matt is working at a wine bar in Cleveland. He's trying to sell some season tickets. I'm here about your uh, season ticket package. Yeah, right. Are you still selling it? I mean, I guess. Well, are you or aren't you? I'm only selling it as a package. I'm not selling games piecemeal. That's what Cedric said. Yeah, Cedric explained that to you? I was wondering about the price. Uh, Cedric didn't know. I tried texting you. You tried what? Uh, oh, your phone. Do you receive text messages? <laughs> you mean like email? No, text messages. <laughs> Isn't that what email is? I have a good phone. It's a Motorola Razor. Shit is slim. <laughs> what, what attracted you to the role uh, of Matt? I think first and foremost, I was attracted to just the play. Like the... I sort of have this test where when I'm reading something for the first time, like if it has the ability to uh, make me laugh out loud in a public place, like <laughs> that's that's like my first litmus test for like, oh, this is actually bigger than me. This is something that is ahead of me. This is something that's funny and, and just moving. And the play definitely did that. Um, I was attracted to 
the challenge of it. You know, it's a the it's a two person play, and the play is very much about conversation. And so it's just mm-hmm. these two guys talking for two hours, pretty much. And I had never done anything like that, and so you know, I kind of wanted to see if I could. And then I think the ideas that like you know what the play says about life and and what it says about masculinity and you know um i think the fact that the play represents uh maybe people who are not used to seeing themselves on stage or like the center of a story mm-hmm. um in the theater like that was that was really interesting to me i i thought nobody had done that before so it was kind of like a cocktail of of all of those things i mean from the moment it starts, like the the sound, like again, the sound design, the music that's playing, they got the the black national anthem with Marvin Gaye up in that joint. I ain't gonna yeah. lie, it, I, I was in there. It was a whole lot of white folks in there, but me and my brother was getting down, and some of them was getting down too. <laughs> but me and my brother was in there just moving. I was snapping. I I, I peeped the DJ. She was a sister up there, and, and she caught me and my brother, and we kind of had a moment that we yeah. shared together. That's um, the amazing Chloe. She's uh, she's so cool. She was wonderful. And then, of course, you know, uh, Chris, you take center stage. You, you in there shooting some some janky-ass baskets for a while. Uh, and then yeah. Sean uh, comes in, who's played by co-artistic director Glenn Davis. Can you tell me about not only that conversation, but that dance that you all are doing with one another for, for two hours and what it's like to work with Glenn? For sure, man. Thanks. Um, I'm so glad that you're feeling the top of the show. I had known Glenn before we started working on this play and he had always been one of my favorite actors. And so he makes it incredibly easy to do that dance with him every night because he's extremely present and he's very smart. Um, But it's definitely a dance every night. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no third character who's going to like jump in and, (laughs) you know, inject some, some conflict or some humor into the play. It's just you and and we we learned kind of early on that we need to be a bit of a support system for each other up there because yeah. we know the play at its best. We know the play inside and out. And so we know the best, you know, version that it can be. We kind of have to be there to keep that rope taut and keep uh, keep everybody engaged because, like I said, it's just like, you know, if people check out, it's kind of on you. You know, there's nobody else up there. The story of LeBron is something that is, you know, for the last 20 years, captured sports and sports fans alike. Are you one of those people who has kind of grown up not only paying attention, but maybe even idolizing in some ways the story of King James? I would say um, the process of like working on the play has really been the thing that has like ignited that in me. And and and, you know, we were supposed to start this play two years ago before the world shut down. And so I will say like one of the only kind of like glimmers of, of positivity that I can draw from, you know, the hellish years that, that have just preceded us is like, I, as an actor got to do something that, you know, actors never get to do, which is like, I knew about a project, you know, way in advance. And I got to dream and do my work, you know, at an extremely slow pace, which is the pace I like to move. (laughs) Um, And so I got to kind of do that catch up because sports wasn't huge like where I came from. And LeBron's story wasn't huge where I came from. Um, from I mean, Rochester, I believe. Yeah, I'm from upstate New York. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so there was always, you know, like a TV on with the game of the day um, in in the houses that I grew up in. But I kind of had to like catch up to Glenn. And obviously Rajiv is, you know, a gigantic fan of LeBron's. Um, yeah, he Cleveland uh, through and through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was kind of like that that process has sort of like peeled back a layer to the play that I didn't know was there at first, this like idolization of sports figures. But yeah, I think it was, I think it was a really smart move on Rajiv's part to let the spine of the play be these major events in LeBron's career and just kind of like let you check in with um, the actual characters of the play at those times and see what, how those things might mirror each other and mimic each other and um, set each other off. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. While I was watching it, again, there is this feeling that as much as it's a a sort of universal story of of, of fandom and friendship, the place, right? It, it is still a story about Cleveland playing in Chicago. And, and while we have that Michael Jordan background, that's so obvious. Do you have a sense of like maybe why it didn't premiere in Cleveland? Why Chicago was the perfect place to tell this story? I think this play came to Chicago because Chicago is a great place to do theater. It's one of the best places in the world to do theater. And so I think Rajiv, uh, in addition to being an ensemble member here and and having a relationship here, he knew that um, it's the best place to to raise a child, for lack of a better <laughs> phrase. You know, to get a play going, you need a diverse and sophisticated audience that Chicago and maybe only Chicago, you know, and New York can can give you. Um, I think he knew that the sports references wouldn't uh, wouldn't fall on deaf ears. I think he knew that that people would come to the theater with a perspective. And with some sort of touch point for that. But I want to say first and foremost, it's got to be just that it's a a great place to do theater. Mm-hmm. Chicago, we love our theater. It, it's so much of it from, from you know, theater at people's houses uh, to small shows to bigger shows. Um, what is it like to be in Chicago performing? Have you gotten any time to enjoy the city? Being in Chicago is incredible. Um, I used to have family that lived in about an hour outside of the city. And I told them that I would come and visit them under the only condition that they take me to a play at Steppenwolf. This was like 15 years ago. 
and uh, they made good on that promise. And I saw a play at Steppenwolf and, uh, you know, ever since then was like, you know, dreamed, you dream as yeah. a young actor to like, to like work in Chicago and to work at Steppenwolf. So um, that's amazing. Did you have that moment where you stood out on the stage and you kind of remember like, maybe even if it wasn't in that same theater, like as a kid, I sat in those seats and now I'm up here about to about to do the damn thing dude i did the i did that exactly like i sat in what i mean it was 15 years ago so i approximated but yeah i mean we're performing now in that theater that you know i sat in as a kid um uh so yeah it's definitely surreal i'll also say that like it's nuts now to be back in this sort of like semblance of normal where we're we're back to doing the things that we did so it's so amazing to like hear people laugh and and to hear people gasp and but but it's it's weird man <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. weird. I mean it, I know it's weird to be back on stage in front of people but I mean how weird is it that you also simultaneously got one of the biggest shows in the world right now on television. That's what they say. I don't know. I mean, that's what people tell me that I am on like a hit show and I'm nah, so Chris, happy I'm, to hear that. <laughs> my boy, like Avid Elementary written uh, by Quinta Brunson is on ABC. It's about a underfunded black school in Philadelphia. You play Jacob, this sort of young teacher. He's trying to bond with the students like, you know, he cares. He tries too hard. Well, look at you, old blue shirt tan pants wearing guy <laughs> with your bright white shoes and the laces all tied up into a little bow yeah <laughs> no way those are accidentally falling off mr vampire weekend that really hurt my feelings reem i am i am so sorry you should be with that twilight shade mouth <laughs> I mean, throughout the season, watching your character from week to week has been hilarious. And one episode, you you know, you get roasted by your students, and another one, you building a garden with Barbara kind of poorly. Last week, you was double dutching and hustling folks in poker. Watching has been such a, a fun experience for my family, for black folks around the city and the country. What is it like for you to work with these these talented black women in this this just amazing ensemble? It's a dream, man. It's, it's, um, I mean, speaking of like surreal and like feeling like it's a little too good to be true. I'm, I'm, I, you know, was always a huge fan of our show. I just thought that it was, I thought it was firing on so many different levels, just in terms Mm -hmm. of like how funny it was, the universality of it. You know, I think it's just a great, uh, setting for, uh, workplace comedy and then you know not dissimilar to to King James I think it was I was attracted to the idea that it was centered around and showcasing people that are maybe not usually the star of a show I think the the show is unequivocally about black presence and about women and about obviously educators and sort of like blue collar America, um, which I think a lot of people have sort of tried to capture in on TV uh, over the years. And, and I feel like we like have a shot at doing it, you know, being an actor can be sort of this thing that like will make you question what the hell you're doing with your life kind of often. And so feeling like I am 
contributing even in a small way to something that people want to share with other people or or some sort of positivity in the zeitgeist or national dialogue like that is it's very life affirming and so like obviously all of those things are like super rad to me but as you just said, I I get to go to work with look, everybody thinks that they have the best cast, you know, every actor is like <laughs> my cast is the best, but they literally don't. You know, I do in fact. I mean, I I, I can't hold you there. Y'all team is full of all-stars to borrow from the sports yeah, world. That for cast sure. is a bunch of all-stars led by the incredible Quinta Brunson, the creator of the show. If y'all want to get tapped into Abbott Elementary and Chris Perfetti, new episodes are available on Tuesdays on ABC and then Wednesdays on Hulu. Chris will be in Chicago until April 10th, taking a stage at Steppenwolf Theater in his play King James, which is written by Rajiv Joseph and also stars the co-director of Steppenwolf, Glenn Davis. Chris, it means a lot for you making time for CityCast Chicago. Thanks, Jacoby. Appreciate you. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Workers at the Bucktown Starbucks on Armitage and Hoyne are joining the national effort to unionize. Yeah, this is actually the fifth Chicago Starbucks pushing to join the Chicago and Midwest Regional Joint Board of Workers United. The others are in Hyde Park, Logan Square, Edgewater, and one downtown. Over the weekend, a car crashed in the Brown Sugar Bakery in Chatham, damaging the entryway, cooler, and an art installation before fleeing the scene. Stephanie Hart, the store's owner, says no one was hurt, and she's grateful for all the community support. If you want to show some more love, stop by and pick something up. And some good news to get you through. The National Museum of Mexican Art is hosting an opening gallery for the collection Frida Kahlo, Her Photos, at 6 p.m. this Friday. Check the show notes for a link where you can RSVP for free tickets. I'll see you there. Remember, we would love for you to take our audience survey about our daily newsletter. Go to chicago.citycast.fm. Tell us what you love, what you want to see improved in the newsletter, and you could be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We'd really appreciate your support. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, it did the first takes, but maybe those were the worst takes, so we're going to do it one more time.